Hello and welcome to the Clubhouse, Golf Monthly's weekly look at the various different events around the world in golf. This week we look ahead to the British Masters, hear from Adidas Golf's Global Footwear Director and finish with our usual quiz. Hi guys, Justin Rose here and welcome to the Golf Monthly Clubhouse podcast. Hello and welcome to the Clubhouse. My name's Tom Clark and as ever I'm joined by Elliot Heath. How are you doing Elliot? Hi Tom, I'm good thanks. I'm, I think I'm a little bit better than you. Oh, well that's nice. That's you nice look thing. a little bit jaded today. I'm a little bit tired, yes. Got a few things on. Uh, wife's starting a new job today so I'm very much in charge of... Congrats to the wife. Indeed, very much in charge of child duties today. So a bit busy, a bit busy but all good. Uh, did you play any golf the weekend? Yeah, I played on Sunday and kind of had a bit of a heads off. It was a bad moment. We had a fight with someone. No, but for the second competition in a row, I've gone out in one over par. I play a five and just completely collapsed on the back nine and start to think about cancelling my membership and oh, just all things rid- like that. Don't know. be ridiculous. You know, now I'm I've got a mortgage and bills. Oh my goodness! It's a lot of money to play golf, and uh, this it's hard to justify it. I'm not saying I'm giving up. It sounds like you are. So, of course, because you played, but if you played well on the back nine, because you played badly on the back nine, you're now thinking about giving up your golf membership. Well, I was in the last competition, and it was just deja vu. But now, yeah, you've you've got to take a hard look at yourself. And how old are you? Twenty-three. Yeah, nearly twenty. You have no idea. This is the best time of your life. Come on, mate, get out there. I know. Play some golf. Enjoy it. I don't know. It's not I'd... all about putting up TVs badly. Which you've told me earlier you'd already done. Oh, that was a nightmare as well. Um, yeah, I, I I play golf to to win and to beat my handicap. And <laughs> it's just that sound like Tiger Woods or Roy McIlroy. It really, really frustrates me when no, I But you're not going to win any golf if you don't play it. No, but where I so I'm off five, and I feel like to get better, I need to dedicate evenings and stuff like that to get better, and I just don't have the time or the I think you I think you need to start thinking about actually just enjoying golf I know like how do you enjoy golf just go out and play golf and just enjoy it yeah it's try easy, and do well if it's you easy do saying well. that if you don't do well just don't worry about it have a drink in the bar afterwards make some friends you know socialise yeah well I've got Bob Rotella's book golf is not a game of perfect so I think I need to read that again but if anybody <laughs> wants to well, I tweet think, in well, I think maybe advice, just chill out Chill out, enjoy it's easier it. Easier said than done, though. No, I disagree. I think you just got to because you, you. Let's face it, you're 23, as you just said, and you're not going to become a professional golfer. So how about you just go out and play golf and enjoy it? You play five, it's pretty decent. Isn't I it? know, but I know that I could have easily come in with two over par at the yeah, weekend. Yeah, I know, but you didn't. You might do and it next just time. Just annoys me. I spent a lot of money getting I there. I spent a lot of money on my <laughs> membership. And I did. I was just thinking, what's the point in this? People might listen and might think. <laughs> Why am I spending 150 quid a month on golf when I could do doing what we're doing what with it? Buying pictures for your new flat, possibly. Yeah. Oh, good grief! You've got to you've got to chill out. You've got to play more golf. That's what I'm saying. I know. Play some more golf. Enjoy it. Chill out. But saying that, I'm playing. Quite, Swin- this is the most depressing oh, start to a podcast. No, in I'm about to get positive. I'm playing Swinley Forest on Friday. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, okay. Okay. Well, that's, is, that's um, better, isn't it? It's kind of on my bucket list, so that's good. I enjoy playing golf. I just don't enjoy the competitive stress of it. They may be playing fewer competitions. I though. think that is definitely the way to go. Just enjoy playing golf. Yeah. How was your weekend? Better than yours. Play <laughs> cricket as I do. 
Saturday squad. Do you get stressed playing cricket if it doesn't um, go your way? A little bit, not as much as I used to. No. But um, scored my first fifty of the season. Cool, that's quite good. You have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> no, fifty runs. That's fifty decent. runs to catch something. Captained, we won. So nearly froze to death. The really? coldest I think I've ever played cricket in. Um, I don't know if it. Ha- what, did you play cricket? Uh, play golf Saturday. Um, play golf on Saturday. No, I played Sunday. Saturday was one of the coldest days I've ever played sport. I was batting in hail at one point, and there I didn't a- know you played cricket in the rain. Well, it wasn't rain; it was hail. That's the, the first <laughs> thing. And uh, no, we didn't. Well, we we lasted for an over and then had to go no. off. But um, it was very, very cold, and uh, hopefully that's the coldest weather out the way. But yeah, I know I don't really play that much golf. I play a bit of something else, but you know, I watch golf. And let's talk about some of that golf. Uh, there's two to- two tournaments at the weekend: uh, the Wells Fargo Championship and the Volvo China Open. Uh, both had surprising-ish winners. Wells Fargo Championship was won by Max Homer. It doesn't sound like a real name, does it? But it is, and he won his first PJ Tour title. His last full season on the PJ Tour, which is in 2017, he missed 15 out of 17 cuts and made less than twenty thousand dollars. But, uh, well, he beat everybody uh, at the weekend. Some pretty big names. Justin Rose was third. Uh, Rory McIlroy was eighth. There's also Ricky Fowler in the field. And he played really, really good golf and got it done down the stretch, didn't he? Yeah, it was nerveless. To win over 1.4 million after what you just said there in 2017, winning, I think it was like 18 and a half grand or something, is incredible. Um, I don't really know how he did it, to be honest, but where has he come from? Well, I, I think I watched the, the last, uh, quite a bit of the last round, and they just said he'd had a really good tour on the web.com. He had a really good season on the web.com tour last year, and he won a couple of times there, which I think the web.com tour, if I've got, I'm going to stop saying that now because I can't say it, um, <laughs> is actually showing itself to be a really good place to learn how to win and then go on to the PGA Tour. It's not the first time we've seen people who are kind of people we have no idea about suddenly have a lead going into the final round with some big names around them. They think, oh, well, they're going to drop back. But actually, no, he, he did better than that. He actually went away from them, didn't he? And he was he had a comfortable um, margin going down the last. So Yeah, at golf on Sunday, I remember saying to my mate... Um no chance Max Homer's winning tonight. He was just happy to make the cut. <laughs> so I felt Did you make them put on several thousand pounds? And- uh, no, luckily <laughs> didn't. But yeah, I don't really know where that came from. It was brilliant. And he's he moved up from like 400th in the world to 102nd. Yeah. Something like that. Uh, yeah. um, secured his status for two years. Yeah. Yeah, and he, him and his caddy. His caddy's quite a, uh, a unique character. Look like he's got a big big beard and stuff like that you could see him coming from about a mile away and uh, they just look like they're just chatting the whole way through the round very relaxed you know making really positive decisions um, for every shot they knew exactly what was going on I think he just committed to every shot and I thought he played played superbly putted really yeah. well down down the stretch I know he held a nice putt to win it even though he had he could have taken a two or three putts at that point but he's a couple just they had that little rain break in the middle didn't they when that little storm um, ran through and he had what a 12 footer for par yeah a little downhill left to right and he's like oh well you know and he and they interviewed him on tv and thinking oh my lord here we go this is where the choke's gonna happen or he's gonna suddenly realize what's going on hold it moved on played played superbly so uh yeah i thought it was a decent decent tournament good to see rose remembering that he's a golfer 
and playing some golf and they're doing well. That yeah, he's obviously just, listening to you. Must well, yeah, there you go. Uh, one you're, thing listening, would... you're reading Bob Rotella's book. <laughs> Justin Rose is listening to the podcast. This is my, my uh, inspirational words to him. One thing I would say is I thought Rory McIlroy was absolute rubbish on the final <laughs> round. No, but I, you know, I knew you were going to lay into Rory. <laughs> And what, we've got to be so careful that it, from week to week we we go from Roy. Oh, he's brilliant. Oh, he's rubbish. Oh, he's brilliant. Oh, he's rubbish. Oh, he's brilliant. He's allowed to have no, a bad. Tom, ra- he's allowed to have a bad round. I know, but he's, he didn't. He, he still finished top ten. He's my favourite golfer, but it's just it's hard to see him struggle like that. I know he, he just had a bad round. But that that and that. I think this is your mentality as well. It shows your mentality. <laughs> you think that you can go out and play really, really well every single round when actually you look at Rory McIlroy one of the best golfers ever and he can't play well every single round he can't play he, he really well every round round probably one of his favourite golf courses on the planet some somewhere where he's had so much success it just happens you know he he was he was really he was what, a couple of shots back going into the final round and he thought oh but you knew he wasn't going to win why? I don't know. I actually put money on him last week. <laughs> did so, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, you did. But he him, seems but... like he's just fallen into his old ways. He won the Players' Championship a month ago, Elliot. Have you completely forgotten about that? He's and having the best... We... We, had, we did a podcast a few weeks ago before the Masters saying he was in the best form ever. He hasn't fi- hadn't finished worse than fifth or whatever it was. Sorry, a couple of weeks later where he finished... Again, another top ten in the PJ Tour event, and you're saying, "Oh no, he's." You knew he wasn't going to win. I take your point. That's very good. But I thought his putting was as bad as it's ever been, which is bad, isn't it? A week before a major. Well, well, I know, but maybe it's timing. You don't want to have that if you want to win the major next week, uh, the PJ, whenever it is. Well, yeah, starts a week Thursday. Um, maybe you don't want to have the best week the week before the week before that. You know, you got It's all about your timing, and I'm really not that worried about it. He's playing so well. If he can put it all together in a major, he win. It might, if it, if he plays no, without a doubt. If he plays his best, no one can catch him. No, not a chance. So, I really don't think we're gonna need to worry about it. I'm about to sneeze. So, I, yeah, let's not worry about Rory. I think there's other people in the field as well uh, this week. Rose, Rose has got to start competing at majors he's got to start trying to look and win I mean Rose would kill for Rory's season so far I think Rose has been really disappointed in this year um, see there you go you're turning your nose up at me no no come on you, you can fight back at me now I think that was a little bit harsh she won the the uh, Farmers Insurance Open yeah and he hasn't really played much has he exactly so, so that's it that's it and I've I've, I've Cued you up perfectly there because are you going to he, start saying this again? No, I'm just saying, saying that Rose is number two in the world. If he just played some tournaments, he would be number one. And even though he has won this year, I just he has just been so uninspiring because he's had a bad Masters and he just hasn't played enough. So I was, as I said, I was really happy to him firstly to be playing and also then to do properly do well. Hopefully coming into some form ahead of the PJ Championship. Um, a good week this week and let's hope he keeps on playing golf and remembering how to play golf. Yeah, he'll definitely be going in next week quite under the radar, I'd say, to get that major, which is what his whole life and career is all yeah. about now, those big events. Yeah, I think if you get him anywhere around 20 to 1, I think you should definitely have a look at him. So, uh, yeah, no, good stuff. So there was another event... Um, 
this week. It's the Volvo China Open. The 2018 Shot Clock Master Champion Mikko Korhonen won, if I've said that right. Uh, he shot 66, six under par in the final round to get into a playoff with... Uh, with Benjamin Herbert from France, or Benjamin Herbert, if you're from Essex, um, in a playoff. And uh, home favourite, Houghton Lee, was fourth. Jorge Campillo, who won the week before, was third, so he's pl- continuing to play well. And also there was a 14-year-old, Yang Quang, who became the second youngest player to make the cut in European Tour history. He finished 55th at four under par, which is amazing, isn't it? That is just completely phenomenal. Do you remember I said to you that he only hit the ball 262 yards on average for the first two days and his greens and reg percentage was like 85 or something, which was inside the top 20, despite being the shortest hitter in the field. Yeah. Um, just goes to show you what an amazing player he is. And he's perhaps going to be, because if you look, he's the second youngest to make the cut in European Tour history behind Guan Tiang Lang, who made the cut of the Masters in 2013. Yeah. He was a month younger than uh, Yang Kuang but we haven't really heard anything from him since yeah I think that's so. the problem with, the, with these is that these guys obviously very very young but they're still growing their bodies are still growing and although they obviously don't hit the ball a huge distance they're obviously very very straight and as your body grows you, you know, your, your swing has to alter and change and sometimes these guys who are really really good uh, as teenagers don't actually ever really push on so um Fingers crossed he does manage to sort that all out and um, we'll hopefully be hearing a bit more about him because obviously he does have quite a lot of natural talent. And um, I thought you were going to be really depressed about this, Elliot. That 14-year-old was doing so much better than you are. Oh, you trying to bring me down? Well, I, I, don't, I don't need to do that. I don't know what I was doing at 14. I was probably a 12 handicapper or something, which is... And where, did you enjoy golf as a 14? Slightly. I had a bit of a temper issue, but yeah... <laughs> What's the worst thing you've ever done on the golf course if with a bad temper? Oh, God. Uh, I've <laughs> snapped my driver before. You snapped in half? I think, over your knee? No, by throwing... I think I've snapped, <laughs> snapped two drivers before. In a fit of rage? Yeah. Wow. It says a lot about you, doesn't it? Have you ever done anything... On the, no. you, you're quite chilled, aren't you? You, you I try to be chilled. Well, I'm not very you good. You expect so. rubbish and you play. Well, rubbish I know, but that's the thing. I, that's, I think I said earlier. <laughs> and I just try and go out and enjoy golf because I like just being out playing golf. You know, if it's a nice day and you're playing a nice course, just try and enjoy it. If, if you suddenly play well as well, then fantastic. But uh, I'm not going to beat myself up because I don't play enough golf to be good at it. So just try and get round and enjoy it that's a great it's, attitude it's, it's go, go, golf is an enjoyable thing to do that's why we do it isn't it so um, it's great if you play well but we're never going to be professionals so let's not worry about it too much yeah well said so also in the world of golf in the past week Tiger Woods received the Presidential Medal of Freedom from Donald Trump he's the fourth golfer in history to do so this is obviously on the back of his Masters victory just the other week uh, what do we think about this? Very good, yeah. Good on him. Fourth golfer in history is quite impressive. Can you name the other golfers? Arnold Palmer. Yeah. Jack Nicklaus. Yeah. And Byron Nelson. No, it was Sam uh, Snead. No, Charlie Sifford. Uh, it was the first American African American golfer to play on the PJ Tour, who he named his son after. I think I swear I said that last week on the quiz or something. Possibly. Um But yeah, we had a few, few. Funny comments on Twitter, uh, Facebook, and stuff uh, slagging 
the whole thing off with slagging it off Donald Trump and Tiger Woods together yeah well I think that's the thing it, obviously anything with Donald Trump obviously is going to be divisive and uh, but I think it doesn't take away from the whole point of that award and that's just to say well done to Tiger it, he, he has inspired a, you know so many people not only in golf but in you know all walks of life so um, yeah I think it's well deserved, and he, he he needed to be given something just as a as something to say well done, especially after that that huge issues he's had with the, over the last decade with having to battle through all kinds of things, including injuries and in his personal life and stuff like that. So um, uh, yeah, pretty inspirational, I think. I look yeah. forward to the Tiger Woods film. Yeah, there's going to be so a Tiger Woods film, aren't there, yeah. in the future? Who do you think should play Tiger Woods in the film? Will Smith. <laughs> okay. He's Who do you think? I don't know. Uh, isn't Will Smith is in... what? He's, he's in a golf film, isn't he? Is he? Legend of Bag of Ants, is it? I don't know. <laughs> uh, who would play you in a film about your life, Elliot? Uh, definitely Zac Efron. <laughs> <laughs> is he, does he also only hit it 240 yards on the driver? I don't know, but... <laughs> I. Definitely <laughs> <laughs> I watched the uh, the new Ted Bundy film on Sky Cinema this weekend, mm. and it was really, really good. And, and you thought he's the perfect? No, you, you just thought asked he's me the that. perfect person to to play me. So no, what I thought he's Zac Efron. He's trying to put up a TV in his flat, and he's ruined his walls. Um, oh, he's Zac Efron. He's snapped his driver over his knee because he's only hit it two hundred and five yards. But again. I think me and Zac Efron have similar hair. <laughs> And this is this is unbelievable. This I is thought his acting was phenomenal in that. <laughs> I've only really known him from High School Musical and being one of those little teenage girl. In You're not a teenage people. girl, are you? Or well, you know that kind of genre of film. <laughs> uh, oh it's really God. good. I'd recommend anyone who has Sky Cinema to, to watch that. <laughs> Crikey! I'm trying to stay this, professional. This has got here. this answer's got. This has gone a lot further than who I. Who would play you in a film? Um, who would play me in a film? I had no idea. Bradley Cooper? I have no idea. <laughs> who would play me in a film? No idea. Please send in some. some the pe- guy who plays Hagrid, maybe? <laughs> Robbie Coltrane. <laughs> Robbie Coltrane, there you go. <laughs> you be careful. Anyway. Uh, well, that's gone a lot. That's got, we've gone off on one there, haven't we? So, uh, what else were we going to talk about? Oh, yes, Rory McIlroy turned thirty. Yep, happy birthday, Rory! Happy birthday, Rory! Uh, so, what did he do in his first thirty years of his life? He won four majors, played in five Ryder Cups, twenty-four pro wins, and ninety-five weeks as world number one. It's not bad, is it? So Very good. How do you think he'll do in his thirties? Ten years time, when we're doing the podcast, we say, "Oh, happy birthday, Rory! You're forty." How many how many majors is he going to have won? He certainly has the ability to go and win 10. Will he do it? I'm going to sit on the fence because he's just so inconsistent. But he's also so... I thought you were going to give me an answer there. So have, amazing. Do you have actually just sat on the fence and said you don't know? Uh, right, so in 10 years when he's 40... Will he have won another major? He'll definitely win one, yeah. I reckon he might win two majors in his 30s. I'm going to say he's going to win another four. And would that be underachieving? Possibly. Has he underachieved in Possibly. his 20s? Well, I think any, every time he doesn't win a major, everyone thinks, oh, why has he not won? So, But then, like like you said in the recording that we've subsequently lost, um, 
Tiger Woods went 11 years without winning a major, so... He did? Yeah. Rory McIlroy's gone five years without a major. Is it five years now? Um, four and a half, probably, yeah. yeah. So, so, we have had a few technical issues today, so we have had lots of... <laughs> one of our conversations, but I, I did say that when I started golf Golfing Producers in 2009, uh, Rory was very much the new kid on the block, and I do remember him winning his first tournament in Dubai... And then we had a uh, reader day at the BMW PJ Championship at Wentworth where you could play with a professional golfer and our, our then deputy editor, Neil Tappin. And that professional golfer was Rory McIlroy. And um, two readers wow. played in that four ball with them. And Rory was, you know, one of those... He was definitely getting a lot of headlines, but he was still very much on the radar. And... Um, then he did quite well that week. I think he finished top 10. And he's just gone you know from one thing to another and he just has he, he just inspired everyone and he, when you actually think about where he's come from when he was just a youngster who looked like he's going to be a pretty decent golfer that we see a lot of those guys but now he's just shown he's got this incredible swing and um he's the best golfer in the world when he his games at its best so um i think in his 30s where his golf will be at its peak I think he's going to win multiple majors in the next ten years, and um, yeah, he's going to, he's he will have cemented himself as one of the the absolute greats of the game. Fair point, yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to come back with more stuff. Well, what there. I would say, who do you think is going to win more majors in the next ten years, Kupka or Rory, or DJ, or Tiger? Who's going to win the most majors in the next ten years? Tiger. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I would, I would, yeah. So Tiger's in 10 years' time going to be in his 53? Yeah, in 10 years, Tiger Woods will probably have won 19 majors. Wow. So. An extra 19, or got two 19. <laughs> got two 19. Wow. If he does that, then we'll all be laughing. One should. thing I think Rory has struggled with is uh, he's had relationship issues, hasn't he? He had... Um, Caroline Wozniacki and then that all fell apart and then well, he, now he's just he recently he's met an American wife and they get got married um, well he's growing up that's the, that's the yeah exactly that's the tough thing he's had to grow up in you know in the spotlight golf is not his number one anymore golf is not Rory's number one anymore no it's his he's got his family life he, yeah, he's going to no, be having okay. children he, soon he, he, well you don't know he, he, he has he has other things in his life and he has probably a more settled life now but it is tough growing up, you know, if, if you're a professional sportsman and everyone knows who your girlfriend is and stuff like that, um, it's in the limelight. So, and if you have a breakup, then it's, again, it's people write things about it and stuff like that. So, I do hope he has a nice settled 10 years and um, just plays some really good golf. Don't you? Yeah, definitely. He is my favourite golfer. Yes, you've said this on many occasions. Just... Even though you get annoyed. He's very fighting. frustrating to watch. Yeah, but that's golf, isn't because it? Because he's so good. Did Jack Nicholas underachieve only getting 18 majors? Possibly, yeah. If you look at all the seconds he had. Didn't he have 19 it? second places? I think it's something like that, yeah. So, Anyway, let's move on to the golf for this week. It's uh, We've got a really good uh, event this week in the UK, British Masters. Tommy Fleetwood hosts at Hillside. Hillside, of course, ranks in our top 100 golf courses at number 34. And it's one of the best pack nines you'll ever find. And, uh, Is it? You've yeah. played it, haven't you? I have, indeed. We had our centenary reader day there back in 2011. 
and we had a really good um, good day there where all the other clubs who were also turning 100 that year all were invited to, to play um, and they're just very very welcoming up there the bar is superb um, the clubhouse is spectacular and the course is just lovely it's linksy but it also has Heathland kind of holes as well uh, there's quite a few trees on the course uh, there's a nice view from one of the tees I think on the back nine where you can see Blackpool Tower and it's just really good fun place to play golf We've, we talk about that a lot today actually about you know not not worrying too much about your golf um, and I think Hillside is one of those places where you can just really enjoy enjoy it also has a train line right next to it and I do like a golf course <laughs> yeah. next to a train line mainly because I always hit it on the train line but um yeah, so you've got Southport and Ainsdale the other side, haven't yep. you? Royal Birkdale, literally next door. That's So we used to drive into Hillside to get to Birkdale when for we the went, Open. Yeah, for the Open, yeah. So it's it's an incredible bit of uh, the country for golf. There's just so many golf courses around there. Some of them obviously are um, big open venues and some of them are just ones which you probably won't know about but they're all fanta- fantastic uh, Nick and um, yeah great place to go golf and this week we've got a pretty decent field there's some big English names especially there Eddie Pepperell who's the defending champion uh, Till Hatton Matt Wallace and Lee Westwood to name a few so yeah should be really decent and we were a bit worried about this event whether it's actually going to happen this year because Sky Sports uh, ended their sponsorship but uh, there's a new sponsor being found in the form of Betfred who have stepped in for an initial two-year period. And I have no doubt the crowds are going to be massive there this week. Hopefully the weather's really good. It's such a good place to go and watch golf as well because you've got Southport down the road or Liverpool as well, and you can you get there easily on the train. So, um, yeah, it should be good fun. My brother's go- my, actually, my brother's actually going uh, there this week. He got... Uh, he got bought tickets for Christmas, so he's going with one of his mates. So nice. hopefully he'll have a good time. Formby's a nice little town as well. If you're you're into a more like family, family. Formby's vibe. lovely, absolutely superb place. There's lots of the footballers in the area live there. Also, one of our writers, Michael Weston, lives there as well. Yeah, and uh, you don't want to bump into Michael Weston there because he's <laughs> miserable. But um, uh, yeah, so it should be really good. So who do I think is going to do well this week? Um, I think Till Hatton, someone to specifically look at he has a really good links record and um, always is usually pretty well on home soil and then there's a couple of other guys maybe at a longer odds Matthew Southgate uh, obviously now one of Golf Monthly columnists um, he's 101 he's got a very very good links record and Chris Paisley as well also Ooh. got a, a good links record I think they're both about 100 to 1 so um, I'm going to go for Matt Wallace this week really push the one of the favourites yeah Says the guy just picked Tyrrell Hatton. But. He's not favourite. Tommy Fleetwood's favourite. Well, Matt Wallace isn't favourite either. Then okay, but yeah, fine. Uh, are you disappointed with the field? No, not uh, no. no, I'm not because um, the week before the PGA Championship, I think they've actually got more big names than I thought they were going to. So, um, and they've got the big home names there. So Tommy Fleetwood's obviously done well to get those guys there. Obviously, it would have been great to have Molinari there and Justin Rose there or Paul Casey or yeah, Ian Poulter yeah obviously it would have been great to have or more Ryder Cup players which is but, a bit um, with, with you know a, a week ahead of the PGA Championship you've got to be realistic and I think it's just good I'm glad that they've actually got any golf going on in this country so um, yeah it'll be interesting to see what, what happens in next year's event because it is a two year sponsorship from Betfred so yeah they usually um, announce what's going on next year soon after this one finishes so they usually obviously have a host and uh, hopefully be yeah somewhere somewhere really good as well. So to find out all the rest of the betting tips, do Google golf betting tips, and you'll find our tips for this event. 
And then on the PJ Tour, I've been waiting for this event for a year. Have it's you? The, yes, I'll tell you why. Okay. Byron Nelson uh, Championship, Aaron Wise defends, and last year, Mark Leishman was leading going into the uh, event. And if Mark Leishman had won, I would have won several thousand pounds because I had a double with him and I can't actually remember who won the European Tour. And whoever won on the European Tour won in the morning. Leishman was a couple of shots clear. If he'd won, I would have won, you know, a, oh, a decent right. chunk. And Aaron Wise came from nowhere, played superbly. I think he shot 66 in the final round or something like that to win his first PGA Tour event. So well played him, but he did... been a bit quiet since then. He oh, has a little bit. He yeah. played quite well last week. And um, last year he he finished second uh, at Quail Hollow and then went on to win. And um, I do think we should... Yeah, I don't know whether I'm going to pick him or not. I'm... I'm I still think he's only 22 or something, which yeah. is crazy. Yeah, he's playing real. So um, I think definitely, okay, I think you can get him about 25 to 1. Um, Jordan Spieth playing in his hometown event. And uh, also Brooks Kupka plays, as does Hideki Matsuyama, Henrik Stenson and Patrick Reed. So more big names than uh, at Hillside. Yeah, a uh, few European tour guys there, like Cabrera Bayo, Norren, Ollison, yeah. Thomas Peters. Leishman is there as well, obviously, who I said was did very well um, up to the final round. Actually, he finished second. He did well in the final round as well. And a few people that I think who are actually searching for some form going into the PJ, and there's a couple of other guys who are just looking to uh, make sure that their game's in order. So Kupka, I think, just wants to have a hit before the PJ Championship. The one who I'm interested on about, who I might be going on about for the next couple of weeks Patrick Reed. so he has won at Bethpage where PJ is in a couple of weeks time so it'd be interesting to see how his game is this week Matsuyama he's another person who his name's jumping out at me yeah he he's a couple of years ago he was doing so well he was being mentioned every for every major for every tournament he's played in he hasn't missed a cut now for I think a year or something like that really he's playing really wow. really solid but he's just not seems doesn't seem to be getting the wins so um I think he's he could be one if he suddenly really has a good week, maybe with his putter, uh, then he could um, he could also be someone. Stenson's been eas- easing into the year as well, hasn't he? Yeah, um, I know he had a terrible he's start. Had a, he, he's never, he's never he hasn't recovered, has he? Ever since that you um, said he was going to have a bad year <laughs> on the, one of the first podcasts we did this year. Well, so he was working with Brant Snedeker's old caddy Scott Vale, sacked him after six events, then he turned to Fanny Sunderson and his mate. I don't know who he's used since Augusta I don't even know if he's played since Augusta but yeah he's been doing a lot better since he got rid of Scott Vale yeah I don't know yeah and he had that elbow injury didn't he last year I think that's the more the issue played really well at the Ryder Cup though Sensen has had injury issues for the last five six years hasn't he so we know when he's anywhere close to fit he's one of the best golfers in the world so um, and they say the rough is going to be up next week at the PGA so which is going to make it which is going to make it Really tough. Yeah. Beth Page is tough. So, um, yeah, Stenson, if he if he starts hitting it 300 yards straight with his three-wood, then he's going to do well, isn't he? So, um, yeah, fingers crossed. This week, I'm not sure who I'm going to pick. I said Patrick Reed. I think I might have to stick with Patrick Reed. And also, I do quite like Wise as defending champion as well. But uh, do, again, Google golf betting tips and you'll see who I have picked. Now, moving on, uh, last week, Eddie, you went to a special reader day that we had put on for us by Adidas, and um, you had a short interview with their global footwear director, Mason Dennison. 
Yeah, so we were at West Hill last week for this Adidas Reader Day. It was very impressive. And we had five readers at West Hill who tried out all the different shoes. We heard from Mason Dennison, who you'll hear in a minute, where I, I chat to him, the global footwear director, who's just so passionate about shoes and just the, the stuff that they do to make these shoes is incredible. Like all the technology, all the testing. Uh, we saw like some of the machines that they use, which are just, yeah, really unique and cool. Brilliant. So let's hear that interview now. Hello, Mason Dennison. Welcome to the Clubhouse. So I'm not the Golf Monthly Equipment Editor at all. I don't really know much about footwear, but it seems like there's an awful lot that goes into making golf shoes. A ton. We basically say footwear is equipment. It's as important as a driver that you would get fitted for, which is why we say everyone should go in, um, try shoes on, make sure that they're wearing the right size, um, you know, walk around when they lace it up because shoes are the only thing that connect you to the ground so when you're swinging a golf club you create power and you create balance through your feet and if you're not in proper footwear you can slip uh, your feet can hurt at the end of the round and it takes away your enjoyment of the game and you were saying that it takes something like 18 months to get a a shoot to market is that right yeah pretty robust process it's about 18 months from when we decide what we want to try to make through the design process uh, making samples improving on them to get it to the retail um, or the consumer at retail so it's about 18 months yep how has yeah. Adidas changed since the TaylorMade days it's changed quite a bit you know TaylorMade's a great company they make awesome clubs uh, I think what we found is being able to separate and really be a standalone business is we've been able to focus on three stripes every day. So everyone that works for our brand, they're not splitting their time. They're working on Adidas, which is awesome. So one of the areas, for instance, is sports marketing. Now we're really going after some of the younger athletes. You'll see Adidas athletes sometimes wearing our, our brand on the front of their hat now. So we're able to be more strategic about what we need to drive our business forward. The other thing is it's allowed us to be closer to the, the parent company. So Adidas is based in Germany. Uh, we're in the U.S., but now we're in contact more regularly with Portland and Germany um, and some of the other business units. And I get to work with people from running and soccer and basketball. And I'm more closely tied to them than ever before. So out of that's going to come more collaboration and, and at the end of the day, better product. Right, so um, how long have you been doing what you've been doing at Adidas? Uh, this will be my 15th year. Wow. So what are some of the innovations that you've seen at the company in terms of golf shoes? Quite a lot. I mean, I was part of the first two or 360, which is um, something that's just really a turning point for our brand in terms of making a statement that we're, we're serious in golf footwear. We've done things like FinTech technology where we lowered the cleat height, uh, Climacool, uh, really breathable footwear. Uh, two or, or 360 wrap so that technology that wraps that foot um, right in the middle and gives you really good support uh, boost technology which has changed the game for comfort and footwear things like prime knit which is that uh, textile material that's weaved together gives you really good color exciting designs but also it can be waterproof um, so i think you can go on and on and on over the last 15 years and there's a lot of technology that we've uh, brought to the market we kind of feel like we lead from a number two position so we know that there's a dominant player out there in footwear. We've, we've continued to grow and chip away at their lead. Uh, but we feel like we can pull the industry forward a little bit with some of the technology. Yeah, I'll second that on the boost. I'm wearing a pair of boost shoes now, and I was actually quite surprised by how comfortable they are. Yeah, so people don't understand how comfortable sometimes a golf shoe can be. 
So we always say go in and we, we love when people do the Pepsi challenge, the Coke Pepsi challenge. Try on a competitive product, um, our competitors, and then try on an Adidas product. And we feel like at the end of the day, more often than not, you're going to pick our shoes because things like Boost, which is one example, gives you the best comfort in the industry. I mean, underneath your foot, when you're walking, you're getting that rebound and that cushioning that you've never felt in golf before. You feel it when you're in a, maybe a running shoe or some other uh, products, but you're not used to it in golf. And I always say that there's almost a, a boost face is what we call it. People stand up and they're like, oh my gosh, I didn't know a golf shoe could feel like this. We're actually getting some of that reaction already today where people are kind of smiling and laughing and going, this is incredible how comfortable my feet feel. And that's just fun to see. Well, yeah, I'm one of those. Uh, so yeah, we're at West Hill today for a, a Golf Monthly Reader Day. You said you hadn't played much golf in, in the UK, but what are you making of this? This is like a, a classic Heathland course. It's beautiful. It's really green. Everything's mowed really nice. Uh, we got a little breeze coming through. The sun's popping out. I think we're uh, we're getting teased today. We want we kind of feel like we should go grab some clubs and play too. But uh, it looks beautiful out here. I think it's a good day for testing shoes. We might even get some rain later, which I think is great because our product's very waterproof, so we can prove that as well. And uh, and what's it like working with tour players? I know you got you've obviously got the world number one. You've got uh, Sergio. You've had him for a while. Xander Schauffele looks a massive talent. Paula Creamer as well for a long time. She's a big name. Uh, yeah, a lot of big names uh, currently have some of the best golfers in the world, and that's something we're very proud of. I think what's important is it's fun to work with them because they're awesome. It's amazing to watch them play, how good they are. Um, at the end of the day, we use them as a sounding board. So for us, it's going out and making sure that the shoes work for them. If Dustin Johnson and Sergio and Xander and John Rahm and you know Paula Kramer and Danielle Kang, if all of those players tell us, your footwear is great. It's working good. It's got enough stability, support, performance. We know for the average person out there, you're going to be more um, than comfortable and, and you're going to feel more stable than you probably even need to. But we, we want to really prove it at that highest level, and that's that's great. So do they have input into how the shoe performs and, and special parts about it? They absolutely do. I mean, we have a robust fit and wear testing program. We have a lot of designers that have a lot of input on the visual product as well. But at the end of the day, they absolutely, their feedback can change the look of a product it can change the fit and feel um and for the end consumer and it's all for the better oh very interesting thank you very much for your time uh, it's it's been quite eye-opening to see what goes into making a golf shoe actually today a lot more goes into making golf footwear than people think and we're just happy to be out here and share a little bit of our story what i would just tell everyone is go go in and try a pair of adidas golf shoes on i think you're going to be shocked at how comfortable they are and we we would put it up against any other brand out there and it's one of the reasons we're growing so fast in the uk and globally is we're making really comfortable product that looks good performs well and we also have something out there for everyone if you want a cheap shoe a cheaper price point we have that we're not just an expensive brand we have classic looking shoes sporty shoes top to bottom in prices we feel like we have something for everyone so please give us a chance all right mason dennison thanks for joining us in the clubhouse all right thank you so interesting stuff there from uh, Mason. So Elliot, are you going to suddenly be wearing lots of Adidas golf shoes around the office? Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think I'm now an Adidas fanboy. I think Sam might be one as well now. Sam is also the, with you on the day. The Quizmaster Sam, yeah. Yeah, Quizmaster Sam. Uh, they make a lot of good stuff. That... It always is interesting when you actually see because we only ever see the end product and obviously our listeners and readers only see the end product it's interesting to see how much they go into it and how much they do change because there's always comments about why you know how much golf equipment costs and 
when you actually see how much they go into it to try and make it as, as good as possible for you, you you start understanding where the costs suddenly are. So, um, no, really exciting. They make a lot of really good stuff as well that you can wear off the course. I think that is a good trend for the future and for millennial golfers and keeping people in the game. Like, I got the train to my golf club on Sunday and I had to walk to the train station with my clubs and a pair of shoes and... So that's what you, you don't you, you do usually wear a pair of shoes though, don't you? Yeah. If but, you leave your house, you don't go out in your bare feet. Yeah, but I do really like the idea of playing golf in the shoes that you turn up to the course in. Yeah. That's something that's obviously changed recently, hasn't yeah. it? That you, you know the shoes that you can wear on and off the course, and um, yeah, I think Andy's leading one of the guys leading the way on that. Anyway, let's move on to the quiz. So last week, I shocked the golfing world by finally beating you. And um, yeah, that was lucky. That was a uh, questionable quiz, wasn't there? Qu- I thought it was a very good quiz. All the answers were in our our running order. Well, that's not Sam's fault, is it? So this week, as I said, I don't feel anywhere. I don't know whether I'm going to. I'd say this every week, and I don't feel prepared for this. But I don't feel prepared for this this week in particular. So we've got ten questions. Do play along at home. Hopefully, you'll do better than I do. Are you ready now, Elliot? Yeah, I'm ready. Good. So, question one. Mikko Koinon, I thought I got away with saying his name, won the Volvo China Open to collect his second European Tour title. What was his first? Need tournament and year. Uh, right. Question two. Max Homer became the fifth player to win his first PGA Tour title at the Wells Fargo Championship. Excluding Rory McIlroy, name one of the other three. Note, you do not get a point for each. Simply name one to get the point. Right, I'm going to struggle with this. I've got one. Oh, that's very annoying. That I am quite sure on. Okay, question three. After their two wins, who has the better world ranking? Kohonen or Homer? Oh, that's a good question. I think I know that. Question four. The AT&T Byron Nelson tournament takes place this week, but in what state is it held? I think I know. Do you know? Yeah, I know. It's annoying. Question five. How many major titles did Byron Nelson win? Ooh. I've written an answer. I haven't. Oh, under pressure. You are under pressure. Yeah, I've got my answer. Question six. Name the two players to have won the British Masters in back-to-back years clue one is a scot the other is australian point for each name the two players to have won the british masters in back-to-back years that means they've won it twice i guess so yeah wow um okay one is a scot okay there's a scot the other is an australian okay there we go two names complete guess uh for what reason has the 19 19- 67 British Masters tournament become famous. Note that <laughs> he loves a note on his he questions, does, doesn't he? <laughs> Question 7. What reason has the 1967 British Masters tournament become famous? Note, then it was known then as the Dunlop Masters. Clue involved Tony Jacklin. So there's a note and a clue. Wow. It mm. was famous. Well, yeah, for something. I have no idea. I've written something out there. Question eight. 
How many times has Rory McIlroy won the European Tour's race to Dubai? I'm still answering question seven. Did he break his leg or something? I don't know. Why I don't know. Be famous? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> Write an answer down. In question eight, how many times has Rory won the European Tour's race to Dubai? Question nine. How many PJ Tour wins has Rory had? Nearest wins? Doesn't say that. No. Okay. Ooh. And question ten. Has... Has Rory been awarded an MBE, a CBE, or an OBE? Wow. Wow. I, I could have quite literally... Th- Definitely a two. better quiz there from Sam. Right, um, let's go look at the answers. Question number one. Mikko Kornon, who did... Uh, what was the name of his uh, first European Tour victory? It was the Tom, Shot Clock Masters in 2018. It was. We actually said that earlier, didn't we? Yeah. Question two. Max Homer became the fifth player to win his first BA Tour title at the World's Fargo Championship. Excluding Roy McIlroy, name one of the other three. Who have you gone for? Ricky Fowler. Ooh, I've gone for Leishman, which I think is completely wrong. It's Anthony Kim, Ricky Fowler and Derek Ernst. So you you win that one. Um, question three. After their two wins, who is the better world ranking, Cornyn or Homer? Cornyn. I've said that as well. It is. He's now 84th. Homer is 102nd. Question four. The AT&T Byron Nelson tournament takes place this week, but in what state is it held? Texas. <laughs> I have also written down Texas. Question five. How many major titles did Byron Nelson win? Seven. I put five. Five. Oh, good guess. I think I knew that. Well, I must have done. Two Masters, two BJs, one US Open. Then you get the Grand Slam. Question six. Name the two players who have won the British Masters in back-to-back years. Clue one is a Scot, the other is Australian. Who did you put? I put Norman and Lyle. Oh, I put Norman and Monty. Oh, <laughs> Bernard Gallagher and Greg Norman. Okay, so one... So one point eight. Yes. Well, yeah, we got one point eight. Yeah. Question seven: For what reason has the ninety six seven British Masters tournament become famous? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tony Jacklin hold out his approach to the final hole. You're so close, but you're wrong. Tony Jacklin had the first ever televised hole in one live on British television. Oh, I was going to write. I had a hole in one. I said he got disqualified. I did not get that right. Um... Question eight. How many times has Roy McIlroy won at the European Tours race in Dubai? Three. After once. You look at me like that. Three. I didn't know. I thought it was a trick question. I ticked it as well. Question nine. How many PJ Tour wins has Roy had? Fourteen. Oh, I've put fifteen. Oh. Fifteen? Oh. Come on. <laughs> that, was, that was a complete guess. So how many have you got? Oh, well, going up to... Is this a decider? I've got six. Two, three, four, five, six. I've got six. Have I? One, two, three, four, five, six. I hope we haven't written the same answer for the last question. Okay. Well, has Rory been awarded an MBE, a CBE, or an OBE? What a question to finish. I've gone MBE. Oh, well, I've gone OBE. Oh. The answer is an MBE. Yes. (laughs) Do not believe it. Ah, well, that's just frustrating, isn't it? I think we should have come Unlucky. 
well, I feel unlucky because I, well, I guessed a couple and I seem to do right then. Anyway, I hope you guys are better than us on that. Uh, what did you get? Seven? Yeah, seven out of ten. So I think actually 11 was the possible top score you could have scored there. But yeah, Seven out of 11 then. Yeah, it's still a win. Thanks again for listening this week. Next week we will be previewing the PJ Championship, uh, which should be really good. And also we'll be having a look back at who won the British Masters and the Byron Nelson. As ever, if you do listen to us on iTunes, do uh, leave us a review and make sure you subscribe to the podcast via your usual podcast provider if you'd like to listen to us every week. Also, don't forget to, ch- to check us out on social media, on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. Until then, Elliot, it's been a pleasure. Thanks, Tom. No probs. And we'll speak to you again next week. <laughs>